The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Hey, happy Friday for some of you. For me, frustrating Friday. We welcome you to Fantasy Football today. It was a really exciting game last night, but we got some fantasy running back concerns. I think people are, are worried about Antonio Gibson more than Saquon Barkley. We will see. I did a Twitter poll last night. Let's find out what the results are. I'm Adam Azer, just with Jamie Eisenberg today. Two-man show is going to run you through the NFC home games. Could have some real high-scoring games, Jamie, uh, especially with the NFC West, which is just going to be a fun division. But we got Tennessee and Seattle. Uh, We got Arizona and Minnesota. Uh, Hopefully Green Bay. I know they're not in the NFC West. Hopefully Green Bay puts up some points. You know, uh, I feel feel like a lot of points are going to be scored. I feel like we got some... I don't want to take the shine away from the show or anything. I feel like we have some, some pretty easy games in terms of start or sit. Just start your studs and don't have to worry about matchups too much. Did you find that to be the case this week more so than last week? Well, it's it's also, you know, there's a game's worth of data, yeah. you know, and, and and seeing things unfold and, you know, seeing how guys are being used and, and some of those things. So you have a little bit of better understanding of, you know, who you can trust potentially, who you might want to be a little bit concerned about, uh, some market correction, you know, with guys who struggled in week one that we expect to bounce back. You know, the Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Ezekiel Elliott's, you know, those type of guys I think will bounce back. Um, but no, just just stop. Just get to the thing everybody's here to, to listen to. You know, it's, <laughs> let's talk about Thursday night. I was, How do you feel, I was legitimately feel? on the floor. I, I'm pissed. I'm really pissed. Yeah, you, know, you know, because and I'm, I'm upset. You're a big football fan, obviously. You're no longer a big Dolphins fan. That was your your childhood. Yes. But for me, and for a lot of NFL fans out there, if you root for a franchise like this, it's a hopeless feeling. And I'm two weeks in, and I feel like I have no reason to be excited anymore. Like Sundays would come along, and I get excited for, for, for the job, you know, but there's another thing that I'm excited about, and it's watching the Giants. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm a fan. I have no hope anymore. This was the butt fumble for me. I remember the butt fumble Thanksgiving, and my, Jet, my brother, huge Jets fan, and he called me, and that was the moment where all hope was lost for him. He just felt like he was just doomed, Last night was the butt fumble, and it was so embarrassing if you had had a camera in my house because I'm in the kitchen, and my wife, I didn't know at the time, was sleeping on the couch, uh, and the TV's on in both rooms. He misses the field goal. I run into the other room. I start dancing. I wake her up. I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm going nuts, and then I see the flag, and I was like, no, no, no. I, I hit the floor. 
I stayed on the floor for the field goal, and then I just buried my head in the uh, like the mat that you know on the floor. I, it wasn't on like you know a dirty floor, and I just I was like distraught. It's just, for her football game. It's pathetic. I'm 37, but I just this was butt fumble to me. This was like the end of my hope. I have no hope for them. They are ridiculous. They found every way to lose that game. I, I, lost. I will say, obviously, look, this this is what fans go through. It's it's you live and die with your team, and that's the cool part about it. You know, you obviously want to be on the other side of it, especially when there's some silly mistakes, like the guy standing right in front of the ball, the one that jump is the one that jumps off sides. Um, you got to be a little excited about Daniel Jones. He looked good. I mean, if he plays Washington every week, it's always ever good about. Yeah, he did look good. He did, finally, and they wasted it. It's just a shame, but. It was. Did you think it was a bad throw to Darius Slayton? No. Or he it? First of all, he, he was getting hit or very close to it. It wasn't a perfect throw. You got to make that catch. Of course, well, you have to make that it, catch. It's funny because I made a joke on Twitter. I said, "Drop you, Slayton," and I wouldn't say I got flooded with uh, bad throw, but I'm like, bad throw. I saw that too. I saw Ben Gretsch tweeted it. Not bad throw, but that. It was. I think he. It's not perfect. It was more on the throw, but no, it was. It was. You got to catch you that. Hit ball. him in the hands. Yeah. It had to extend a little bit, but you got to catch that ball. All right. Now, I, I know some people really don't want me to talk about the Giants, but thank you for letting me get that off my chest. So let me get to the uh Well, the running backs want to just stay there if you want. Yeah, let's get to the Twitter poll. Who would you rather have rest of season? I got to say I was surprised by this. Saquon Barkley or Antonio Gibson? Oh, stop. Really? What, what would you What would you say? Gibson. I thought that people would be more concerned about Gibson than Barkley. And 61% voted Gibson. And Gibson was off the field. I mean, he's got a role issue here. McKissick has... Well, actually, let me give you the snap breakdown. Uh, Pretty interesting stuff. Actually, like very interesting stuff. So this is from Nathan Janke of PFF. I don't know if he's saying that right. He does, yeah. So Antonio Gibson, first and second down... Dominated carries. 41 snaps, he had 30, and not in the two-minute drill. So not at obvious passing situations. 38 snaps, McKissick had five. Uh, third downs, not in the two-minute drill. McKissick had seven snaps, Gibson had three. You can live with that. Uh, two-minute drill, McKissick had 19 snaps, Gibson had one. So that was really why he wasn't on the field as much. They were in the two-minute drill a lot in this game. Uh, and McKissick dominated. Other than that, I mean, running downs, Gibson's going to dominate. Third downs, McKissick's <laughs> going to win, but Gibson will be there a little bit. Uh, but I, he's off to a he's off to a disappointing start right now, and he's not involved as much in the. Would you say week one was disappointing for for twenty two carries or twenty carries, whatever he had? Yeah, and, and another report before the game of Aaron Andrews talking about how he said he's still learning the position. So I don't think yet. You watch him play. I mean, I feel like when he figures it out, bam, he's going to be awesome. But he's not there yet, so he's still not doing as much as he should with the carries. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought I thought Barkley would win the Twitter poll, actually. I'm surprised. You you obviously think it's an easy answer to go with Gibson? I mean, I, I, I'd like for both of them to be great. You know, so they were, you know, within like four or five spots of how I had it ranked with Gibson higher, so I'm still going to stick with Gibson. Um, you know, I mean, for a guy that averaged over five yards per carry against a really good run defense, I think that was pretty nice to see. Uh, there's a couple of things that make me a little bit concerned um, about Gibson. One, I don't know how much you paid attention to this. I don't think Taylor Heineke threw to his left side very much at all. And especially in the, in the latter half of the game, everything was to his right. 
And every time Gibson went out into a pass route, it was to his left, uh, including the interception. Um, Gibson was wide open. Couldn't be more wide open in the flat on the left side. And Bradbury jumps the route, and, you know, it's an interception. And obviously, the Giants should have won the game. Um, so I don't know how much that factors into anything. But in any event, um, at least for me, I expected kind of this to be the case. When they're in completely obvious passing down situations that we saw in the preseason. You know, Gibson was coming off the field, but they're still going to involve him in the passing game. Now, I don't know, again, how that's going to change with Heineke replacing Fitzpatrick because I think Fitzpatrick probably does a better job at this point in his career of seeing the field. Yeah, well, but, I, I mean, I outlined it on Wednesday's show or Thursday, Wednesday's show. I know you weren't on it, but so far in his brief history as a, as a quarterback, not a lot of passes to the running backs. Uh, I mean, that changed last night. It did late in the game, yeah, and he got McKissick going a little bit. McKissick had five catches for 83 yards. He had that big play, but but not a lot to Gibson. Only two catches for Gibson. Uh, right, and, but if you say thought, seven catches to the running backs in a game that they're you know back and forth, you know I I think that will change. Like you said, he's still learning the position. Um, he's not even played a full season yet at running back in the NFL because of the time that he missed last year. You know, so um, I, I'll, I'll if somebody's trading him, I'll buy low. Uh, I still think he's a really good offensive line. I think this is uh, this is one of his tougher matchups because the Giants run defense. I mean, you've outlined this for you know a year plus, and I think you're right. They're they're good against running backs, and you know you could say okay, there's two games of a sample size where McKissick was great in the passing game, and last week Melvin Gordon popped a big run. Those things are going to happen, but I'll still buy into a guy that was averaging five yards per carry, and they probably run the ball at the end of the game a little bit more. His numbers look a little bit better because he he ripped off the big run, the ten yard run uh, to start the drive, and then the interception came in a couple plays later. Well, yeah. The other thing is that the defense is just not as good as we thought it was going to be. No, that is a, a big concern for Washington. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure you need to keep them. Uh, they're at Buffalo next week, at Atlanta, New Orleans. I, the pass rush. Chase Young's not getting to the quarterback as much as he should. Yeah, well, he's still, I mean, I think, I'm pretty sure he just abused Andrew Thomas for, for much of he, the night last but night. But if you were to say abused Andrew Thomas, you would probably think like a three-sack game. Yeah, he he right. He had a you know crucial penalty that was needless, Dumb. That led to a touchdown. Um, all right, let's talk about the rest of this game here. You buying Daniel Jones? He's first of all he's leading the team in rushing two straight weeks. He's led the team in rushing, and uh, he is seventeen percent rostered. And then I guess Heineke is eight percent rostered. He I thought he played like crap. He just got kind of lucky. A lot of terrible throws that weren't intercepted, but eight percent rostered. Uh, it, you know, do either of these guys feel like one quarterback league players to you? Not yet, but Daniel Jones is getting close if he's going to run like this. I mean, first off, Giants, uh, Washington, the read option, he's going left. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> yeah, and then Bar- your thoughts on Barkley. He had a 41-yard carry. He had 12 catch, uh, twelve carries for 46, for, sorry, for 16 yards otherwise uh, and two catches. I would, without going crazy in terms of the players you're offering, make every trade off you can for Saquon Barkley because 10 days off now, Falcons next game, this is the game. You know, we thought, okay, if they're going to ease him in, you got the tough opener against a good defense with Denver, then a tough turnaround with the Thursday game. And then now here we go. So, yeah. And he played a lot last night. He just didn't get a lot of carries, but I thought they would limit his snaps and, I didn't see. I, I don't remember the official. He played eighty-four percent of the snaps. So can he be the there same? Was, there player? was a little concern before the game because he was warming up with the inactive guys. <laughs> there was a couple yeah. of, uh, of of the beat writers that were like, "This is this is different." <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, 
Um, I actually benched him in one league for uh, for Marquez Valdez Scantling mm-hmm. um, because I I feel like my team's inferior to my opponent. So I was like, okay, let me you know shoot for home run play, and then I kept him in the other league. I have him starting. Yeah, I, I mean, I I benched him, and I told I told my brother to bench him for Kenny Galladay. That was almost a draw, but slight win for Barkley in PPR there. I think what, by one point. All right, who's the best Giants wide receiver rest of season? Shepard is crushing Galladay so far. Shepard is awesome. Um, just he's fun to watch too. You know, I mean, like, uh, except stop giving him end arounds. Like he almost got a murder there by Chase Young. <laughs> uh, I think he's the best one. Yeah, I mean, and and now you have you may have a squeaky wheel game coming because Galladay's screaming at Daniel Jones on the sideline. So who knows? They got to get clearly Galladay going. Uh, I don't know what's happening with Kadarius Tony. Just a waste of a first round pick so far. Um, but uh, Shepard is, yeah. I mean, he's got to be a hundred percent roster. I don't get it. McLaurin, do you use this as an opportunity to try to sell for an elite receiver, or do you use this as a springboard to an elite receiver season for McLaurin? Eleven catches, one hundred seven yards, and a touchdown. Did very well against James Bradbury, and uh, took and yeah, you know, had a great game. He had not done well against Bradbury in the two previous meetings, you know, a lot of his success came when he was off Bradbury, but the, you got to love this. I mean, you know, this, this was whoever the quarterback was for Washington. You know, obviously you heard me say it a lot that I thought it'd be Fitzpatrick just leaning on him. That's what it was, you know, and kudos to Washington. Kudos to Heineke. He was on the right side all night long. So that's where he was looking. Um, you, you got to value I him this, similarly to, to the way you did in the preseason. Yes. Okay. This was, this was fantastic. hundred percent. Okay. Great to see, you know, and he, uh, he gave him some chances down the field. Like you said, you know, he had some erratic throws that his receivers made some plays on. Obviously, the Ricky Seals-Jones touchdown, but that's kind of, uh, I think, part of a quarterback. That was a good throw. That, 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 he, he balled out, like, toward the end, except for the interception. Yeah, but there were some high throws. Some there were some high throws. throws. Yeah. Um, look, he's not he's not a, a purely polished quarterback. There's a reason why he's a backup. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think McLaurin's in a great spot. Actually, we had a trade offer in the in the podcast league, which, you know, I'm, I'm not always so quick to um, – make decisions on those, especially when I share a team with somebody else. So we got offered, I forget who it was, so I apologize. Um, Terry McLaurin for Cooper Cup, I think it was yesterday, and it might have been Wednesday. Um, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. You know, buy low on, on McLaurin, sell high on Cup. Not that I think he's a sell high candidate, but, you know, coming off that huge game. Yeah. And uh, during the game, the offer was was pulled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Logan Thomas, is he droppable? He's now had five, he had three catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown in week one. And he had five catches for 45 yards in week two. And the Giants really seem to struggle against tight ends, by the way. Keep that in mind for Kyle Pitts next week. But uh, is Logan Thomas droppable? I think let's get through another week of what does Cole Komet do? What does, um, you know, I I don't think he's going to necessarily be dropped for guys like Farrell Brown or James O'Shaughnessy. But if those guys have another big week, you know, you might have to consider it. Juwan Johnson. Uh, Huh? Juwan Johnson. That's the next thing I was going to say. Juwan Johnson as well. So, um, yeah, it's something you got to consider. And I guess we should bring this up uh, while you mentioned his name. So what uh, our uh, technical team has done is they're putting out a statement on your league pages about what you can do with Juwan Johnson for his eligibility if he's not tight and eligible in your leagues. So all you have to do is enable the multiple position eligibility uh, in, your, in your league settings. And to do this, you click the commissioner tools icon from a desktop or laptop computer. Select player pool and policies under the rosters, transactions, and player policies portion of the commissioner's tool page. At the top, find player eligibility policy and choose one of the below options. Be sure to save your changes. Uh, players are eligible at multiple positions as determined by CBS Sports. 
Uh, players are eligible only at their primary position. So obviously you want to click the uh, multiple positions button and that should solve the problem for those of you on CBS Sports Leagues that can't put Juwan James as a tight end. Juwan Johnson. Juwan Johnson. <laughs> yes. All right. That's That should be helpful for you. He should be a tight end. So good stuff. Not like Taysom Hill last year. <laughs> uh, no. I right, listen, Sunday. And then also look, uh, same team. If Adam Trotman's going to get as many targets as he did, mm-hmm. then go pick him up too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sunday, it's week two, another NFL on CBS doubleheader. In the early action, the Raiders meet the Steelers. Uh, the others are going to see a matchup of rookie quarterbacks when the Patriots take on the Jets. And then it's a showdown out west with two teams ready to light up the scoreboard. Oh, I cannot wait for this game. Justin Herbert and the high-octane Chargers offense clash with Dak and the Cowboys. Coverage begins at noon Eastern with JB and the guys on the NFL today. This Sunday, the best games are on the NFL on CBS. Here's your stat of the week. No, I'm not telling you to sit Tyler Lockett, but I love this. Just let's have fun with it. Let's see what happens. Last week, Tyler Lockett had exactly 100 yards. That was his 11th 100-yard game. In the previous 10 games, he has followed up those 100-yard games nine times, 55 or fewer yards, and only three games with double-digit PPR fantasy points in his previous 10 games after a 100-yard game. Five or fewer PPR fantasy points in half of those 10 games. It is wild, and he's doomed. Uh, no, he's stardom, but let's just see what happens, and we'll have a nice laugh about it unless we have Tyler Lockett on our team if he struggles. All right, news and notes. Josh Jacobs mispracticed. Is there a real concern about him missing the game at Pittsburgh? And if so, what would that do to Kenyon Drake and his ranking? Um, I mean, you should be concerned. You know, he was hobbling around and we know this is a guy that's had some injury concerns in the past and this, the Raiders have been, you know, you go back to his rookie season with the shoulder injury. Remember when they were out of the playoff race, they sat him down and then when they somehow found their way back in it, they brought him back out there. So they've clearly, you know, used some kid gloves with him. I think if he's uh, out, then Kenyon Drake becomes a high end flex. It's not an easy matchup by any stretch, you know, so, uh, you would love the, the passing down usage, um, and what I think uh, Devin Singletary went for about 70 yards rushing last week against mm-hmm. the Steelers. So figure something along those lines. Um, but I wouldn't, you know, all of a sudden make Kenyon Drake a must start in my rankings. But if you have him on your team, you'd be a lot more encouraged about it. Uh, Zach Ertz was limited in practice. He's got a good chance to play. I mean, came back last week from the injury, but he's been limited. Well, he went from he went from DNP to limited, which yeah. is, you know, trending in the right direction. Johnu Smith was limited in practice. So if he does not play, would Hunter Henry be a top 12 tight end for you against the Jets? He'd be uh, right there. You know, I mean, this was a good week for tight ends. Um, with some of the guys that we saw, like, like I'd probably still put him behind Cole Komet, for example. Mm-hmm. But he'd be top top 13, I'd say. I think that's where I have Johnu right now. Will Fuller missed practice, but it was a personal reason. He is expected to play against the Bills. Mark, you just don't know what his role is going to be, though. True. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Marquise Brown mispracticed with an ankle injury. So if he did not play Kansas City on Sunday night, where would you rank revenge game Sammy Watkins? Around probably 30 to 36. I think that's where I have Mark. I think I have Marquise Brown around low 30s. So. Okay. Uh, running, uh, right tackle Ronnie Stanley also may not play for, for Kansas uh, for Baltimore. Okay. Uh, San Francisco with yet another injury on defense. What is with this team? They just cannot stay healthy. Uh, Dre Greenlaw, linebacker. He's going to miss time. He's, has, he's had groin surgery, or he's having it. 
Jameson Crowder and Keelan Cole both could play at New England, whereas Mikai Becton is going to be out for one to two months. That's the Jets' starting left tackle. Bruce Arian said all three of his running backs are starters. He's obviously not a fantasy analyst because they are not starters in that regard. Um, Minnesota could be without Everson Griffin and two linebackers, Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr. And I talked about Nick Vigil on some show. I don't remember, but... Tuesday. I said it on Tuesday. Okay. I also said it on a live stream. I said it Sunday on a live on the live stream, but... Nick Vigil started for Anthony Barr. I think he had eight tackles. Um, oh, oh, which reminds me. IDP sleeper for your, for your waiver claims. Cole Holcomb of the Washington football team. He did not have a great night last night, possibly because the Giants didn't run the ball that much. He only, I think, had five tackles. He has played every snap in two games for Washington, and he had a good week one. Cole Holcomb, if you need a linebacker to get some tackles. Uh, all right, Eric Ebron mispracticed with a hamstring mispracticed with a hamstring injury. Where would you rank Pat Fryermuth if Ebron sat? Uh, probably top fifteen. Um, you know, he actually played uh, I think two more snaps than Ebron in Week One. And so, something to keep an eye on moving forward: how much they're going to use him by comparison. Uh, I don't know how much that factors in with you know who's the better blocker of the two. So just keep that in mind. But uh, there's. Um, you know, just a lot to like about this matchup. Obviously, the Raiders, you know, if you want to take into account what they did against Mark Andrews, I don't know how much of that was the Ravens taking Andrews out or the Raiders taking Andrews out, but um, clearly they stopped one of the best tight ends from being productive. So just keep that in mind. Gabriel Davis practiced, and Darius Leonard mispracticed again. So it would be a boost for Daryl Henderson if Leonard does not play. Yep. Leonard! For all you Miami Heat fans out there. All right, people, looking sharp, dressing well, very important. Because when you dress nicely, it's not just about how you look, it's about how you feel. Get that swagger, get that confidence. Next time you wear a suit, it better be an Indochino suit. Custom suits, you personalize every detail. Also, they also they have uh, custom shirts, they have casual wear, they have more at surprisingly affordable prices. So go to Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, and shop around, see what you like. Customize your suit. When you're done, use the promo code FFT for $50 off a purchase of $399 or more. Is that a lot? No, not for a custom suit. I mean, people pay double that or more for custom suits. You don't have to do that. Just go to Indochino. So for me, whether it was my rehearsal dinner, whether I go to other weddings, uh, last uh, two years ago for the Super Bowl, the Chiefs Niners, uh, I was in Miami with the guys and I wanted to wear my best stuff, so I wore my Indochino suit. Uh, that's what I do. When I need to look great, I wear my Indochino suit. It fits me better than anything I've owned. I've got, I customized every detail of it. I got the monogram on the inside. I love it. Indochino, by the way, is now open at select Nordstrom stores, giving you even more ways to get great fitting, personalized clothing. Find your nearest location at Indochino.com. Again, the offer we have for you. You can get $50 off any purchase of $399 or more by using the code FFT. At checkout, that's FFT at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O dot com. And that's 50 bucks off a purchase of $3.99 or more. Let's beat the waiver wire. I'll look at week three matchups, but also just players that we're stashing right now, Jamie. You mentioned Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I saw you picked him up in a league. Um, he had eight targets. He actually led the team in targets last week. Chris is- I think it was seven. Oh, then he had seven and, and Adams had eight? I don't know. Uh, they both had eight, seven and eight. And he's uh, yeah at San Francisco next week. It's not even necessarily about the matchups, but but maybe a role there for him. Uh, if you want to, it's mostly this week. 
Yeah, right. He could take advantage of the Detroit game. But but if he is the second most targeted player on the team, maybe he has oh, a surprise yeah. breakout. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's uh you know, you're just looking for like a home run play. And so I think that's the type of thing. Like I, I don't I don't expect him to be so heavily targeted moving forward. And I don't know what's going on with Randall Cobb, the fact that he only got one target and it was late in the game with Jordan Love. So keep that in mind. And, and clearly they were, you know, blown out by the Saints. But you heard great things about him this offseason. Hopefully things carry over to the uh, to the regular season, especially with that target share potential, if he's going to get it. And I've been stashing Larry Roundtree. Yes. Eckler's already hurt, you know. He's fine. But he already has dealt with an injury scare. He hasn't proven that he can stay healthy. Roundtree appears to be the number two back there. Uh, Sam Darnold's at Houston. Two is at the Raiders. I'm not sure if these are such appealing options. No, but like some other like receiver, like pick up KJ Hamler if he's available. Like we're we're clearly expecting Tim Patrick to be the better guy, but yeah, if Hamler comes out and has a big game, that's somebody you want to you know look at with uh, with Judy's absence. We'll mention Troutman um, with his target share. You know, before maybe there's a big game against the the Panthers. Um, Jawan Johnson also, if he's still available, you know, for for what the the Saints may do with their tight end, um, he's available. And so is Tim Patrick, by the way. Tim Patrick, fifty five percent. They're at the Jets next week. So Bridgewater is another guy you could pick up at the Jets. Yep. Yeah. Sammy Watkins, 20% rostered. They're at the Lions next week. Uh, maybe Christian Kirk. I mean, they're at the Jaguars or Ron, or any of the, not A.J. Green, I would say, but uh, maybe maybe there's something to Christian Kirk. Who knows? If you, maybe. You just, you just, you might have a lousy player on your team that you have no use for. Um, I took shots on Le'Veon Bell last week, and I dropped them for guys like Larry Roundtree. If you just have that extra roster spot, you know, pick up somebody that, hey, you never know. DSTs for next week. Panthers are at Houston. Arizona's at Jacksonville. Atlanta is at the Giants. I thought that was in Atlanta, but Atlanta's facing the Giants. Uh, where is that game? Does it matter? It's in New York. All right, so there's a little bit of beat the waiver. Anything else, or are we good? No, there you got it. All right, let's do the start meter The last three games we're going to preview today toward the end of the show. And remember, time codes. There are always time codes in the episode description, they may not be exact, but they're going to be close. Uh, so if you want to skip ahead to games, please do. Uh, this will be Minnesota at Arizona, Green Bay at Detroit, or Detroit at Green Bay, rather, and Tennessee at Seattle. start meter 0 to 10, Kirk Cousins. Uh, three. You're worried about the pass rush? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm more intrigued by the pass attempts. Because he threw a lot the last eight games of the year, and he was great. And then he threw well over 30 times last year. So, you know, if he throws 35 or more times, do you think it even matters? This feels like a 282-2 and two type of game. You know, so not a horrible performance from him. But if that defense and the secondary played really well last week, because, you know, everybody's giving the pass rush credit. And look, the pass rush makes the, the secondary a lot better when the quarterback doesn't have time to throw. But... The the young guys in the secondary stepped up, and if 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 the Bengals were getting to Cousins the way that they were last week, then Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt are going to get to Cousins, and so it could be a little bit of a tough go for him. Chase Edmonds, startometer, uh, eight in PPR, six in non PPR. James Conner, uh, two in PPR, three in non PPR, and half PPR. Any Arizona wide receiver? his carries came late in the game when the game was out of hand. 
any Arizona wide receiver other than DeAndre Hopkins? I don't think you can feel comfortable doing it. Like you said, you could take a flyer on Christian Kirk. You could take a flyer on Rondell Moore. Look at the targets and how those were split up. It was six for A.J. Green and then five each for Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk. I think they're going to get those type of games. So next, this week could be the Rondell Moore game. Next week could be the A.J. Green game. You know, you just don't know how Kyler's going to, you know, lean on the other guys not named DeAndre Hopkins. So I'd take a more stash approach as opposed to start approach. Um, so, yeah, I just don't necessarily want to trust those guys. But you did see, look, all or, or two of the Bengals receivers had big games last week, you know, so or relatively yeah. good games at least. You know, right. T against had the touchdown. Aaron Rodgers against Detroit. We'll go to this game. Uh, 50 billion. <laughs> yeah, you have him in your top five. A.J. Dillon against Detroit. Uh, sneaky flex. You know, I, I think he could have an opportunity here to uh, maybe help you if you're stuck. Would you so start? I'll say, I'll say five. Dillon or Jamal Williams? Oh, Jamal Williams. Yeah, you know, too much more involvement there, at least as of now. Marquez Valdez Scantling? Uh, five. Tunyon? Five. DeAndre Swift? Eight. Jamal Williams? Six. Would you start DeAndre Swift or Chase Edmonds? They were both eights for you. Uh, Swift. Well, I mean, in PPR, yeah, Swift. Uh, Non-PPR, I still start Swift, too. Ryan Tannehill at Seattle? Seven. Julio Jones? Ooh, he makes me nervous. Uh, <laughs> I'll still say six, but don't love it. Chris Carson? Ten. Gerald Everett? Three. Will Disley? Three. Atlanta, Tampa Bay. A hundred. Six. <laughs> oh, you're a lot more excited than I am. Uh, potential problem here for Atlanta. <laughs> you think? <laughs> they allowed the second highest pressure rate of any team in week one. Now, they faced the Eagles, who had the second highest pressure rate, obviously. But actually, the Eagles also had the second highest pressure rate last season. So it was not easy. But the Bucks had the third highest pressure rate last season. So it could be a tough day for the offensive line for Atlanta. Uh, here's the stat of the game for you. There are 75% of the running backs who had 15 or more carries against the Bucks last year scored a touchdown. And Davis had 15 carries last week. Uh, you know, they, they could be very run heavy. I won't say you know, but they could be run heavy this year. The only problem is, Jamie, only four running backs had 15 or more carries against the Bucks last year. It's hard to do. Um, you're sitting Mike Davis, right? Yeah, I have a tough call in... Uh our 24-team office league where we have to play one running back, and my top two guys are Mike Davis and Tyson Williams. So, like, I'm struggling with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's PPR, and it's, it's uh, so it's, it's, it's weighted. It's, like, I think it's half-point PPR for running backs, full PPR for wide receivers, and then one-and-a-half for tight ends. So I think Davis will do a little bit more in the passing game, so right now I have him starting, but that's where I am with those two guys. Like, I, you know, flex plays at best. Okay. Start or sit Matt Ryan after the Bucks were torched by Dak Prescott. Yeah, this is an interesting game for Ryan because, you know, you expect him to play better just because he's going to play better from a fantasy perspective. You know, he's going to throw the ball a lot. Um, will he have success? Like you said, I think he's going to be under duress. You know, this is uh, not the same type of quarterback like Dak Prescott, not the same type of weapons like Dak Prescott. Um, and remember, like, they had to they they adjusted. I think Kellen Moore adjusted really well seeing how the secondary fell apart once Murphy Bunting went out and they found guys to attack. You know, uh will will the Bucks now with 10 days have their adjustments ready that the Falcons have to, you know, make some some changes for. 
So that's what you want to see, you know, how the, the chess match unfolds. Um, I just, you know, Ryan, I have him in a, in a super flex league. That's where I'm starting him. If I had him in a one quarterback league, like a 14 team league or a 16 team league, I'd be panicked, you know? So I'd be, I, I'd be looking for, you know, I, I would have said Taylor Heineke. I haven't ranked over, over Ryan. Bridge. So Bridgewater. Bridgewater's Lawrence, easy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I start, for example, I start Tyrod over Matt Ryan this week. All right. Mike Davis is it, actually Heath has him in the top 20. 18th, Dave and Jamie, not so much on Mike Davis. So I wanted yeah, to give it. You know, Heath's process, though. He doesn't change much from the start of the season until he gets more data. Yeah, sure. He likes touches. Uh, I wanted to get more. I wanted to give a sleeper pick for Russell Gage. He had two big games against them last year. He had five for 68 and a touchdown in week 15, nine for 91 and a touchdown in week 17, both of those games without Julio Jones. Um, he played only 68% of the snaps. So this was really interesting. Last week for the Falcons, Calvin Ridley played mid-84% or something like that. After that, Kyle Pitts and Russell Gage were second amongst the receiving options, and they only played 68% of the snaps. My theory is maybe it was in the fourth quarter they sat. I don't know. They got crushed. Um but Gage was playing 85, 90% of the snaps without Julio Jones down the stretch last year in, in five of uh, the, or four of the five games without Julio late in the season. But if he plays 90% of the snaps and they're in it, I, I kind of wanted to make a sleeper case for him, Jamie, for Russell Gage. Are you feeling that at all? Your theory certainly makes sense. You know, the fact that he only had two targets last week, though, was a little concerning. And, uh, you know, different regime. You know, so how much are they going to, Look at him, and you know what? Do you have the snap counts for uh, Zacchaeus? Yeah, I think it was like eighteen percent off the top okay. of my head. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I, I think the fact that uh, they're going to use Hayden Hurst and and Kyle Pitts in, in tandem a little bit with Hurst more as the traditional tight end and Pitts more of a receiving threat, you know, that could hurt Gage. So, I'll tell you what, throw him in a DFS lineup if you if you want to have fun with it. Nobody's starting Russell Gage, but. Uh, that that's another. No, guy. but that's not. You know, look, people are dropping him, and and right. understandably so. And so, if you want to put him in the beat the waiver wire guys, look, if he has a good game, you're going to want to have him on your team. Zacchaeus was 19 snaps, 26 percent. Uh, Tajay Sharp, 14 percent. Um, yeah, but when I saw those snap counts, I was like, gosh, are they just are they just going to be like the Titans? <laughs> just try to make Mike Davis Derek Henry because he played more snaps than Russell Gage and Kyle Pitts. But I don't know if it was... They lost 32-6. to six. It might have been just a fourth quarter thing. Uh, yeah. I don't have that. I'm sorry. All right, Kyle Pitts, speaking of which, seventh for you. He's 10th for Dave. He's sixth or seventh for Heath. Any waiver wire guys you'd start over Kyle Pitts? I mean, if if Gronk was on the waiver wire, then yes. But, you know, no. I, I, I'm not there yet. You know, I, I think the fact that he played, you know, as much as he did, that he had eight targets, that he, you know played in the slot that he played out wide, you know, so they're, they're trying to obviously get him going. And, you know, this is, uh, this, this, this is how they have to have success is throwing the ball, you know, so it's not going to come, Hey, let's run Mike Davis into Vita Vea. <laughs> you know, that's just not going to work. <laughs> so right. let's see what happens. Cowboys tight ends caught all nine of their targets for 65 yards in week one. Tom Brady, Jamie's way too low on Brady. He's got him sixth. Uh, yeah, no, he's, he's must start guy. I'll tell you, I struggle with the top guys because I think they're all going to be awesome this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's I'm saying. It's a matter of like just... who gets the 40. 
and and you have all of them ahead of Lamar Jackson. He's not in that elite group no. this week, right? Uh, the, the Stanley injury makes me a little nervous, you know, and and uh, if if the run game isn't you know helping him to the level that it's usually used to helping him, you know, there's there's just a lot to put on our shoulders, which we typically like, but um, he's, you're not benching him, you know, so. Sure. Brady's third for Dave and Heath. He's sixth for Jamie. And uh, is it just start all wide receivers, sit all running backs for Tampa Bay? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the big question is obviously Mike Evans, you know, and is, is last week a sign of things to come or is this a squeaky wheel game coming? I think it's a squeaky wheel game coming, but it's hard to say he's better right now than both the other two guys. So, you know, I, I mean, for anybody that probably uh, not handcuffed or friendship strategy. Mike Evans and Antonio Brown. If you have that decision to make, that's, you know, totally, I think your call for me, I would start Brown, you know, right now, based on how last season ended and how week one started. Um, Godwin to me is still the best one, you know, so he's, uh, he's, he's slightly ahead of the other two, but if I have Mike Evans on my team and I do in a couple leagues, I'm not benching him. I'm going to give a quick sidebar in a second, but we'll finish this. Uh, you know, we just had get so many Antonio Brown questions. As of right now, and people have already set their lineups. As of right now, things could change before Sunday, obviously. Godwin is 98% started. Evans is 90% started. And Antonio Brown is 85% started. Um, you'd start all of them over Mike Davis, right? Yeah, easy. Would you start, let's say, Miles Sanders coming off a good game or Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown. Would you start Chase Edmonds or Antonio Brown? I would start Antonio Brown unless all those guys are out for the Vikings. Julio Jones or Antonio Brown? That's not close for me at this point. That's <laughs> strange to say, but Antonio Brown. Okay. And Rob Gronkowski, you said you'd start him over Pitts. You, everybody's got him top six. Uh, Heath has him eighth in PPR, but Rob Gronkowski is a a must-start guy. Noah Fant or Gronk? Gronk. Okay. And Tampa Bay's DST is top six in this game. That one makes me a little nervous, but they should get to the quarterback for sure. Uh, Browns or Bucks? Browns. Packers or Bucks? Uh, Bucks are rested, so I'm going to go Bucks. So my little sidebar was that, you know, the the reason why I feel like this week might be a little easier for starter sit decisions is when you look at the defenses that make you nervous about wide receivers in particular, you know, Denver's playing Jacksonville, and, and you know it's kind of obviously the Jacksonville. They're number three wide receivers, and they're not studs. Um, the Rams are playing the Colts. The Steelers are playing the Raiders. I don't know. We just don't have that many juicy like Marshawn Lattimore's not playing. We don't have that many juicy cornerback versus wide receiver matchups this week. No, we had one last night. You know, and we did. Uh, I had McLaurin ranked way too low. You know, thinking about you know the. Like Next Gen Stats tweeted something last night about what McLaurin had done versus Bradbury in the two previous meetings. And then, you know, this is his best game against them by far and new quarterback. So not that I was benching Terry McLaurin, but I was concerned. You yeah. know, so. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, that was one in particular. Yeah, but the uh, thing is, McLaurin had two good games against the Giants last year. So that's the other thing is there are some cornerbacks, you know, you worry about the cornerbacks. It doesn't mean they're going to be stuck to them like glue the entire game. Right. So let's go back to last Thursday night with the Bucks and, and the Cowboys and how Trevon Diggs did against um I, I always feel like I'm saying is, is Trevon I think Trayvon. it's Trayvon. Trayvon. I think. Um so I apologize. Trayvon Diggs against uh against Evans. He was on him for like 80% of the game. Right. There were times obviously where he was not on him. 
So, you know, that's may have been when the six targets occurred. I don't think that's uh, entirely true, but, you know, clearly that's uh, opportunities that he could still make some plays. Now, when you have a, re- a receiver catching 11 passes, clearly McLaurin, and if you watch the game, he was doing that on Bradbury. Um, yeah. Great corners make mistakes. You know, if you talk to guys who cover the NFL, they will tell you great quarterbacks will challenge great cornerbacks and see if their receivers can make plays, especially if you have great receivers. It's why, you know, you would see uh, Randy Moss make plays on Darrell Rivas, you know, in, in the, the, the 2007 season, you know, just going back to, you know, that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's countless other examples we can throw out there. But um, it's just the, the, the concerns you might have when you have these guys in, in coverage. So, yeah, the, this is not one of those weeks. I, 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 I'm with you. It's not like you're uh, – you wouldn't be playing Michael Pittman anyway, but the fact that Jalen Ramsey's in town, like, you know, you're going to stay away from that matchup entirely. Yeah, even though he's – it doesn't appear like he's going to be shadowing receivers this year. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if it, for the, the Dolphins, for example, you know, like Tredavious White I don't think is going to determine how you view exactly. the Dolphins receivers. Yeah. Okay, San Francisco and Philadelphia. Big game here. Stat of the game, Raheem Mostert missed eight games in 2020. A San Francisco running back rushed for a touchdown, at least one touchdown, in seven of eight games. Actually, if I think I might have gotten that wrong, scored a touchdown, not necessarily rushed for in seven of eight games. I think McKinnon had a couple of receiving ones, right? Well, yeah, but I think there was one game where someone, I think it was Wilson caught a touchdown. McKinnon did, but also in that game, they were rushing touchdowns, but there was one game where Wilson had a good game, didn't rush for a touchdown, but he caught one. So seven of eight games without Mostert, a running back scored a touchdown. They didn't necessarily run the ball that well, except for Jeff Wilson. So keep that in mind. Give me your thoughts on Elijah Mitchell and this backfield, Trey Sermon, J. Michael Hasty. I think that Mitchell is a starter in non and half PPR. I think he's a borderline starter in flex in full PPR. So, for example, like if you're debating him versus Naheem Hines or James White or, you know, those those type of running backs, um, he's he's in the conversation. I would put him ahead of those guys just based on what I expect his touches to be, but he's in that conversation. Um, but in non-PPR, clearly you're hoping for 15 to 20 carries like we saw last week and the chance to be, you know, north of 80 yards rushing with a chance to score. So I think that's where he has a chance to win. I have no idea what they're going to do with – Trey Sermon or the addition of Trenton Cannon. And the only reason I bring those two names up because I think Jermichael Hasty is definitely active is if Sermon did not have, I think what Kyle Shanahan and the coaching staff believes to be a good week of practice, are they going to make him inactive again? Because they have another running back who we saw can carry the ball in a pinch if needed, like he did it for the Ravens last week, but also play on special teams. So as everything is unfolding here, I think if Trey Sermon is active, I would kind of not downgrade Mitchell, but I'd be a little bit, leery of Mitchell if I have a debate you know so uh the one name I didn't mention if you're talking PPR would be Kareem Hunt for example so like if you have Kareem Hunt you picked up Elijah Mitchell right now I have Hunt ranked higher in PPR so if you're debating those type of guys you know that that might be something that might make me concerned if if Sermon's active if Sermon's inactive though you got to feel much more comfortable about where Mitchell's at you know and they can make hasty you know uh, a 10 carry guy we just don't know uh, but I think if if they make Trey Sermon inactive once again, they t- that's telling you that Elijah Mitchell's their guy moving forward, mm. for sure. Let me think about Hasty makes Wasty. I need a podcast league name, <laughs> team name there. I don't know. I think somebody you know because I changed the names um, in the podcast league because of the story, and I think somebody changed their team name to Can we change our team names yet? <laughs> yes, yes, I can. yes. You are free to do so. 
okay, so Elijah Mitchell or Devontae Smith? Um, Mitchell and non-PPR, Smith and PPR. Okay, Elijah Mitchell or Mike Davis? Uh, Elijah Mitchell in both formats. Okay. What do you think about Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk this week? And obviously sitting Garoppolo, but what do you think about the wide receivers? I think if you're if you're uh, if you started Samuel last week because he was drafted as a borderline number three guy, then you absolutely start him again. Uh, if he if you're in a two receiver league, I would take a, a a kind of a cautious approach unless your receiving core is not very good. So um, I think he's going to have a little bit of a difficult matchup with Darius Slay. You know, if that's how the the uh, um, Eagles decide to approach it. Uh, he's going to clearly lead the team in targets, but I don't think George Kittle is getting shut out like he did last week or, you know, to the level that he got shut out last week. He's going to rec- leave the wide receivers in targets. Samuel. Yeah. I, yes. I mean, Kittle might out-target him. I think he's going to lead the wide receivers in targets. Yeah. I think he's not going to lead the team in targets. I think that will be Kittle. Right. Um, I think Kittle has a bounce-back game. Um, so bounce Samuel back game. is... It's uh, so funny, bounce-back game, he had like 75 yards or something, right? Well, but, but he didn't score. No, I know, but yeah. I, I, I guess not a bounce back game. Uh, the best game of the 49ers receivers. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I don't think Debo Samuel does that again. That was probably his best game. So, you know, you're looking at just that. That's a terrible defense that they played last week. This is a much tougher team. Um, so, you got to be thrilled about Samuel. I think he's one of the biggest sell high candidates that we had last week, if not the biggest. So, I'd be shopping him. Uh, you cannot trust Brandon Ayuk to play this week, let alone be a fantasy option this week. Uh, but he's a buy low candidate, you know, so I said this on, on HQ. Uh, if you wanted to flip them, I would do that. I would sell Samuel for IU just to see what happens moving forward. Yeah. George Kittle, we'll get, we're going to start him. It just felt funny because Waller had such a big game. Kelsey had a huge game. Kittle had a great game, but he just didn't score. But, uh, you know, only one tight end all last year had more than 54 receiving yards against the Eagles. And it was Kittle. He had 183 on 15 catches on 15 targets. Jalen Hurts, should I be insulted that he's only 10th in your quarterback rankings? It's a good week for quarterbacks. Yeah. Hurts, I think he's ninth, though, right? Don't I have him ahead of Lamar? Did you move him up? Oh, okay. Okay, you moved him up. Yes, you do. All right, yeah. I mean, it is a great... It's just a loaded. But he, you're starting Jalen Hurts. Uh, he was one of the more impressive players that last week that I don't think we spent enough time talking about. You know, I'm, I'm sure you guys did Sunday night, but... Um, yeah, we did, yeah. You know, just the 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 concerns you may have had. And again, Atlanta's defense not good, but you know, connecting with his receivers, running to the level they did, sixty-two yards rushing. You know, like keep that going. My gosh, he's going to be a top-five quarterback, like I thought he could be if things go right. Kenneth Gamewell, he's a little risky. He's outside the top thirty-six in both formats. How do you feel about Miles Sanders? Are you confident in him? Last week, fifteen carries, seventy-four yards, four catches, thirty-nine yards. I'll take that all day. You know, touchdowns will come. You know, so you're telling me he's getting, uh, you know, close to 20 total touches and, you know, over 100 total yards. That's fantastic. You know, and it's kind of like, you know, the Gibson thing, like we said, you know, week one, was that a disappointment or was that a strong, you know, or good enough game? You know, so to me, that was a good game for Miles Sanders, knowing again that it was a blowout as well. You know, so um, I'm I'm very encouraged, you know, a, a little bit, you know, keeping an eye on just how much game well takes away in the passing game from him moving forward. But four catches is hard to overlook. Okay, and Philadelphia wide. Well, who's the best wide receiver in this game, Smith or Debo? For me, it's Smith. Okay, you know, no Jason Verrett. That's a you know, no Greenlaw. They're down two guys on their defense already. Uh, we'll see if Javon Kinlaw plays. That'll help the interior of the pass rush. 
But uh, I like what they did. You know, there was a, a good pick play to get Smith in the end zone. Um, I think things only get better from him. It's his first home game, too. I think uh, Emmanuel Mosley yesterday was not practicing. So that's a starting cornerback. He missed week one for the 49ers. I mean, if he doesn't play, yeah, it, it, could, be, it could be much better. Um, they could, you know, could be down both of their starting corners. And sit Jalen Rager after the good game. And yeah, Dallas Goddard. I mean, we shouldn't lose fact that shouldn't lose sight of the fact that Goddard only had five targets. I know he caught a touchdown, but he only had five targets. Jalen Hurts threw thirty-five passes. Is he a top twelve guy for you this week? Yes, absolutely. Um, especially if Hurts is not at one hundred percent or doesn't play. If he doesn't play, then he's borderline top five oh, guy. Yeah, yes. But if Hurts does play, uh, if Hurts does play, yeah, he's top twelve. Comet uh, Goddard over. Uh, Fant Goddard over Comet. Fant. Uh, Fant over Goddard, but it's close. Okay. Niners DST. Jamie has him 15th. Dave 12th. Heath 9th. We're going to take a break. We have five games left. We'll go to New Orleans at Carolina. Can Jameis Winston throw five touchdowns on 20 passes again? We'll let you know right after this. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Back here on Fantasy Football Today, finishing off the NFC home games. No Marshawn Lattimore for the Saints. Kevin Crawley. He did practice, though, which was interesting. Oh, really? I just assumed he was out. I mean, they said... Uh, he, he's most likely not going to play. My guess, he was just running around out there. But the fact that, you know, they said it's multiple weeks and he's already out on the practice field is a really good sign. They're beat up in the secondary. Kevin Crawley, a cornerback, he's out. P.J. Williams, defensive back, he missed practice on Wednesday. Didn't see the Thursday report. Marcus Davenport is also out. I, I don't know how they had such a good performance against the Packers. Um, but uh, they're a little beat up. So I don't know if that helps your D.J. Moore, Robbie Anderson outlooks... Obviously, we're going to start the running backs in this game. We'll come back to Tony Jones in a second. But are there any... Yeah, let's talk about the fringy guys here. Let's talk about Jameis. And you start with him. Start or sit, Jameis? Um, I think it depends on your team, clearly. You know, so, like, I like Roethlisberger better. I like Burrow better. Um, I would start him, Jameis, over Cousins. I'd start him over Trevor Lawrence. You know, so some guys that were probably drafted ahead of him. You know, he's he's in that teens range. High teens. Okay. And Marquez Callaway, Marquez Callaway, starter sit. Uh, I'm going to put him in the number three receiver range. You know, so if you start three receivers, I go back to him. Like I'm starting him. I started him over Galladay last night in one league. I'm debating. It's it's PP. It's half PPR. Excuse me. Um, Callaway versus uh, Jacoby Myers. Um, so he's not a slam dunk start, but the fact that he was on the field as much as he was, and uh, James only throwing 20 pass attempts in a game that they dominated. You know, this game. I think we'll be more competitive. Uh, not that the pa- Panthers are better than the Packers, but, um, you know, like you said, the, the defense is a little bit beat up. So 
I think uh, I think Callaway has a better performance. To what extent, I don't know, but I hope it's a good one because otherwise he's going to get dropped. Like I had somebody asking yeah. me uh, today, a friend of mine, um, should I drop Marcus Callaway for Rondell Moore because I'm never going to start Callaway on my team. You know, so I'm not there yet by any stretch, but, you know, you're starting to get questions like that. Okay. Would you start Marquez Callaway or Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Uh, Callaway still. Okay. Which Saints tight end would you prefer, and is he a start? And they are, by the way, calling Juwan Johnson, quote, Baby Megatron. That is his nickname, apparently. Uh, neither of them are starts, but both of them are certainly should be on your radar. You know, so if you, like you were saying, if you have a tight end, a roster spot to play with, pick up either Troutman or, or Johnson. I think, you know, Johnson might have more upside, um, especially if his role in the red zone is going to be like that. But, you know, we'll see. You know, Troutman led the team in targets on a, on a game where Jameis, like you said, threw 20 times. Jared Cook caught a touchdown both games against the Panthers last week, or last year. So I don't know if that matters to anybody, but let's keep that streak going here. Sit Darnold, start McCaffrey, and break down the Panthers wide receivers this week. DJ Moore is a starter in PPR, a borderline guy in non PPR. Uh, you know, we'll see how much of the pass rush is lost with Davenport not being there. And, you know, I don't think necessary with, with Davenport not being there. With, uh, uh, Lattimore not there, um, and the secondary beat up a little bit, you know, so that helps clearly. So I, I think it's just a matter of how much you trust Darnold and how much, you know, you have faith in him connecting with those guys. So Anderson is, uh, a number three receiver, um, more for the most part, though, will be started. Moore's a dot is something to track a little bit down from 2020. I, did, I just didn't like it in 2020. He was running deeper routes, and only had 66 catches in 15 games. The year before that, he had 87 catches. And his A dot closer to what it was in 2019 than it was in 2020. I mean, that's good. I mean, I want to see more catches for him because last year he was not, he was a non-PPR guy. We want him to be a PPR guy. And uh, the Saints DST is top 10 at 81%. And I think that's it for this game. All right, Cincinnati is at Chicago. Stat of the game... Joe Mixon had more carries than Joe Burrow had pass attempts in week one, which is weird. It's not like they were nursing a lead here. <laughs> but 29 carries for Mixon, 27 pass attempts for Burrow. Starters at Burrow. Burrow or Winston? Uh, Burrow. Okay, he's just outside your top 12. And Mixon is top 10. That was the fewest pass attempts he's had in a game in his career. Short as it may be. I hope it's not a sign of things to come because... It's just going to be, it's going to suck for the wide receivers if they're run heavy. Well, I mean, you know. No, it, it's going to suck. I mean, Boyd was horrible. Higgins got saved by a touchdown. Chase was great. But still, you know, you can't, I think 29 is really low. They're not going to be the Browns. But I was hoping, I was expecting them to throw the ball a lot. I was surprised by what they did last week. What did you think? Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, you know, especially, you know, given the amount of volume that they had. And I thought that, the score would be the other way, you know, where they would be chasing as opposed to Minnesota chasing. So that was another defense that really let me down was the Vikings last week. So we'll see what happens with them moving forward. All right. So who's your favorite receiver this week for the Bengals? Uh, you got to go back to chase. You know, it's uh, it's not a huge separation between him and Higgins, but um, you know, the, the, the connection was there. The, the big play was there. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to get away from what chase could be, which is what we thought, you know, could be fantastic. Uh, the drop story is, you know, something that brought his value down a little bit. But, you know, we told you not to panic. And 
week one should have uh, put all that to rest. Okay, so how many Bucks receivers are you starting over Jamar Chase? Two. Not Evans. Not Evans, but they're close. Evans or Higgins? Um, Higgins, but close. Higgins or Damian Harris? Higgins and PPR, Harris and none. Higgins or Chase Edmonds? Uh, Higgins. And is Boyd just a sit? He's not a sit. He's number three receiver in PPR. But, you know, like you said, we need to see a little bit more. This is not going to be, I think, a track meet type of game. You know, I, I can't imagine that the Bears offense is just going to all of a sudden be amazing unless the other quarterback starts, not Andy Dalton. Uh, Justin Fields starts. But um, I, I think it's going to be, you know, another probably – uh, not low scoring, not not low pass attempt type of game for for Joe Burrow, but it could be. I think you know thirty five is probably where I'd cap it. Yeah, last year I mentioned that Bengals don't have that bad of a secondary, but last year almost every they have, they have corner issues. Their safeties are really good. Yeah, almost every good wide receiver had a good or great fantasy game against the Bengals, and and they did. I mean, Justin Jefferson was disappointing, seventy one yards, but Thielen had a huge game. KJ Osborne had seventy six yards, so I don't think this is a tough matchup. And for, for the Bears, it's Montgomery and Robinson are clear must-starts, right? Yes. And then Cole Komet is 14th for you in non, 13th in PPR. He had five catches, 42 yards. He had seven targets, though, at the Rams. And, yeah, you could take a flyer on him. Uh, so Komet or Juwan Johnson? Uh, that's format. So Johnson, non-PPR, Komet, PPR. Okay. All right, sit the DSTs, and let's go to Minnesota at Arizona. Your stat of the game. Just taking a look at how the Cardinals did with Chandler Jones last year. He only played five games. They weren't great against quarterbacks. Garoppolo scored 22 points. Stafford, 22. Bridgewater scored 30, but he had a rushing touchdown. They also faced Joe Flacco and Dwayne Haskins. So they, just, they weren't really tested, but Garoppolo, Stafford, and Bridgewater scored 22 to 24 fantasy points in six point for passing touchdown leagues, which is okay. I don't know there's much to that. They didn't have J.J. Watt last year, uh, but there is that. So we already talked about Cousins. Heath does not like him much at all. He's 23rd. 16th for Jamie, 14th for Dave. And, uh, yeah, decent starter. Start Cook. Start. <laughs> they're so easy. The Vikings are so easy. <laughs> yep. You start the three guys. Yeah, and not looking at K.J. Osborne, right? No, and I don't think Conklin is a starter either. He did have four for 41 last week. So um, just keep in mind, you know, if you're looking for a deeper tight end play moving forward, but. Are you start? Are you starting Kyler this week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe he's number one for you, huh? Yes. All right. Yeah. Start Kyler Murray. So tell me how you feel about the this backfield here. Um, actually, I think they. So Edmonds had twelve carries. Connor had sixteen. Edmonds had four catches. Connor did not. Connor had the. He was on the field near the goal line. But they actually pretty sure they had the same amount of carries through three quarters. So even though Connor had more, you're right, he did have some late in the game, garbage time. But through three quarters, I'm, I'm almost positive they, they had the same amount of carries. If not, it was very close. So it seems like you like Edmonds more than Connor. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's closer in non-PPR, you know, whereas Connor's more of a, a borderline flex play. But... In PPR, you know, I mean, Edmonds is going to dominate him in catches. At least that's the way it looks like and, you know, what we thought going into the season. So, um, 
I think Edmonds is a is a very good play in PPR. You know, and it's a matter of what he's going to give you in non PPR. So if you tell me that he's getting, you know, close to 15 carries, then he's going to be a, a, a weekly starter in every format moving forward. Would you start uh, Chase Edmonds over the Broncos running backs? In PPR, yes, and non PPR, no. James Robinson or Chase Edmonds? I'd start Edmonds in both. I'm scared to death about the Jaguars running backs. Uh, it looks like you have Devin Singletary and Edmonds very close. In non-PPR. And then in full PPR, it's Edmonds? Yes. Okay. All righty. So a little confidence there in Edmonds. And uh, Arizona wide receivers, anyone other than Hopkins? No, like I said, you know, it, it, this could be the Rondell Moore week. You know, it could be the A.J. Green week. So I, I would like to see Christian Kirk, you know, build off what he did last week. Uh, he had... Two games last season with multiple touchdowns in them, but you know a lot of games where he didn't score and wasn't involved. So, you know the fact that it was uh, six five five, Green Moore and and Kirk in targets. Kirk just happened to make the bigger plays, so I, I wouldn't trust them as starters this week. No. Poor AJ Green. You know, last year he had more targets while when Burrow was healthy than than Higgins, and Higgins was just so much better than him. And he was this guy. He could get so many targets. It was so bad with that, but he had six targets. For 25 yards last week, whereas Rondell Moore had 68 yards and Kirk had 70 yards. Just, oh, poor AJ Green. Uh, <laughs> Detroit at Green Bay. I think it'll be okay. <laughs> you know, if you're sitting there going, hey, if they're going to blow out Green Bay, if they're going to blow out Detroit, is Aaron Rodgers going to have enough volume? Is he going to, you know, do well? They beat eight teams last year by 14 or more points. Rodgers, tell me if this sends shivers down your spine. He scored 29 or more fantasy points in seven of those eight games. That's great. There was only one exception, and it was Detroit at home in week two. Uh-oh. He scored 22 points in that game. Uh, but when when he, they blew teams out in seven of eight games, he was he was the reason why, basically. I Unless there's, like, you know, two or three defensive scores and... You know, he has 250-2 and two by the third quarter, uh, and they sit him in the fourth quarter. I can't see a scenario where he's not just, you know, trying to do what Aaron Rodgers typically does when things are bad for the Packers and say, we're okay, <laughs> relax, all the things that he typically does. So, you know, I, I'll, I'll buy in. You know, am, am I making a mistake by saying Bra- uh, Rodgers over Brady? Maybe. Um, but I don't know. I can't. I can't picture a scenario where he doesn't have the chance to play well. You know, we don't know how things will unfold during the game, but, you know, is the offensive line really that much of a, of a disaster? Like, you know, last week seemed to indicate is the run game going to struggle? Like last week seemed to indicate, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think Detroit's very good defensively. So this should be an easy layup game for Rogers and the Packers and Demonte Adams and Aaron Jones. And then on the other side of the ball, it's just the, well, Hawkinson, obviously, but the running backs, you know, this, this to me is a, a storyline worth watching every week, especially with Jamal Williams, you know, and you guys have him ranked pretty high. I mean, you have him 24th and non 21st in PPR. That was as of yesterday. So it might be a little bit different now, but everyone's got him in the top 30. So yeah, how do you see this backfield playing out? And the reason why I struggle so much is just because they, they weren't very good until the fourth quarter when the Niners pulled their starters, except Swift did have the touchdown catch. I think the same thing unfolds. You know, they don't have receivers. Tyrell Williams in the concussion protocol, you know, so 
This receiving core is not good. We said that going into the season. So it can't just be Jared Goff throwing to Hawkinson. They're going to throw to Quinn Cephas and, um, you know, the other guys that are that are there, Amon Ross St. Brown. And um, they had a guy, I, I forget his name, that they signed three days before the start of the season that had, you know, a, a little bit of an impact. Um, their running backs are, are huge parts of the passing game. You know, this was what Heath was so excited about for Swift and, and for Williams. And it played itself out in week one. And so – uh, you got Jamal Williams going back to Green Bay for, you know, revenge game, former team. Um, you know, I think he'll be welcomed back there. It's not going to be an animosity type of thing. Uh, but I think he's going to get some opportunities. You know, Swift, as we saw, looked looked pretty good with, despite the groin injury. Now, he's on the injury report. Uh, both of them are, actually, so just keep that in mind. But I, I think as long as they both play, Swift is a must-start guy, uh, and and Williams is a, is a borderline starter. I like him better in PPR than not. And Tyson Williams or Jamal Williams? Jamal. Tyson is is he he's your highest ranked Ravens running back? Yes. Okay. Green Bay DST is a low end start, ninth, eleventh, twelfth for Jamie Dave Heath. Tennessee at Seattle. I believe this is our last game. Stat of the game. Many people know that grunge bands such as Nirvana and Soundgarden got their start here, but Sir Mixalot, Kenny G, Kenny Loggins, and Hart also began here. That's according. He yeah. That's according to postcards to Seattle.com. Jamie, if you were going to pop in, yeah, it's a four disc changer in your car and you had four CDs. Sir Mixalot, Kenny G, Kenny Loggins, and Hart. This is your Seattle collection. Which one would you play today? Sir Mixalot. Come on. He's got one song. That's all you need. You got Danger Zone with Kenny. Is that no wait? Is that Kenny Loggins? Might be. Oh, that better be him. You got Footloose. You got, I'm all right. You know, whatever that song's called. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, he uh, found a way to sing. Please tell me he sang Danger Zone. Yeah, he did. That's got to be. I, I would actually go with Hart. Uh, I'm not going to sing Hart, but that's who I would go with. All right, Ryan Tannehill, just outside the top 12. So Tannehill, Cousins, Winston. How do you have them right? They're all very close. They're like back to back. Tannehill, back. Winston, Cousins. Okay. Uh, Derrick Henry, top 10. But uh, just going back to. Tannehill. Is there anyone surprising that's ahead of him in the rankings? Ben. Okay. Schrager? Uh, Gretch. Seattle. <laughs> oh. They're going to Seattle. All right. Yeah. All right. So Derrick Henry start. AJ Brown start. Julio Jones. Why are you so nervous about him? I mean, he didn't look good last week. You know, the whole team didn't look good. But, um, you know, I, I I hope, this is my hope for the, the Titans, that Tannehill missed time being on the COVID list. Julio missed a month with a leg injury. AJ Brown missed time with, you know, recovering from knee surgery. They didn't have a lot of time in the field together. So is was that the kick the rust off, you know, knock out the rust game in week one? Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, hope so. Uh, so who would you start over him? Would you start uh, Julio Jones? Mike Williams over Julio Jones. Um, let, let me do some running backs. Would you start Elijah Mitchell over Julio Jones? In non-PPR, yes. Full PPR? No. Would you start Chase Edmonds or Julio Jones? Chase Edmonds and PPR, so both. Half PPR, would you start Daryl Henderson or Julio? Henderson in every format. You, uh, you like Henderson a lot this week, yeah. Uh, full PPR, Hines or Julio? Still Julio. Okay. Start all your Seahawks except for the tight ends. And can you like, just respect the fact that Kenny Loggins has a song in three 80s hits, right? He's got Footloose. He's got M at the beginning of Caddyshack. 
<laughs> and he's got the Top Guns. Like Danger Zone was in Top Gun, right? Yes. I mean, that's a that's a. Come quite, on, sing it. You know you want to sing it. I I, I can't sing anymore. Come I, on, Highway to the Danger Zone. Let's go. Uh, I'll just do that. I'll just hum. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks. I know. So- look, the only the only thing you remember about Top Gun is the volleyball game. <laughs> it was a crap. Just a crap movie all around. <laughs> Did the second one come out yet? No, right? I don't know, but. I, I saw the Footloose remake. Did you ever see the Footloose remake? That must have been no. 10, 15 years ago. I'm not joking. I mean, it's on the short list of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's on the list of movies I've walked out on. I did walk out in that movie. Uh, it's it's not good. It's not I haven't good. seen the first one in a long time. Um, it's not but bad. But it still cracks me up every time I watch uh, uh, Avengers Endgame. And Why? when uh, Quill says to... Tony Stark and Spider-Man when they see each other on Titan and he, they, they realize he's from Earth and, and Spider-Man makes a Footloose reference. I think it was. No, it has to be Tony Stark. Tony Stark makes a Footloose reference and he says, is that still the greatest movie ever? <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, I've never seen that game, but that is very funny. Uh, what? Yeah, I, know. I'm not, I just, I'm not a comic book guy. Yeah, you know. Oh no, it's not Endgame. That's Infinity War. Sorry. I think I did see half of Infinity War, and it was really no. I saw, which is the one where they're in like a diner and and Hulk is like having a weird scene where he's like all self conscious. I saw half of that. It was awesome, uh, and then I then I fell asleep. But that, that, uh, anyway, um, thank you, Jamie. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Have a amazing, great weekend. Amazing. We've got a what? Your takes. Uh, no, it was a great movie. I just it was long. You fell asleep. Actually, you know when I watched that? I watched that. Uh, why am I bringing this up? Kane's Gators, that game. I was at my friend's house in Orlando. Before the game, I watched a little bit of the movie, and then I had a crappy night. Oh, big week for the Gators, buddy. Oh, good luck. Try not to lose by uh, 26 or whatever it was or whatever. I got to check the injury report to see if Richardson's healthy. Thanks uh, again. We'll talk to you on the mailbag on Saturday. And you know the drill. Talk to you on Sunday basically all day or in your life. Later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.